You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's take you round the league with our good friend Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety, my co-host this and every Sunday, first in goal. Tune in premium, seven hours of commercial-free, live listen-ins across the league. We kick off with the early games at 1 Eastern. Nick, as you were watching the game last night, were you learning more about the Cowboys or the Redskins? Because Dallas able to run the football with Alfred Morris for the first time without Ezekiel Elliott, but Washington could not hang on to the ball with four Grizzly turnovers. Well, you know, for me, it was more about uh, Washington. And you just mentioned the fact of the, the turnovers. Kirk Cousin had committed two turnovers himself. And then you turn the ball over on special teams. When you're fighting for your playoff lives and you're on the road, that's the one thing you don't want to do because you want to be able to will, win the field position battle. And obviously, Washington uh, didn't do that uh, last night. And that's very difficult, especially with, you know, a lot of talk about Kirk Cousins, what he is, what he isn't. Uh, whether the Redskins uh, have found their franchise quarterback or it's time to move on. And these are the games and these uh, moments where uh, you're playing against a divisional opponent and you're once again fighting for your playoff lives. You have to actually uh, show up. And for me, you know, granted, you know, Kurt, you know, threw a couple of touchdowns, but it still wasn't enough uh, as far as me saying that, if you're the Washington Redskins, this is the quarterback of the future uh, for you. So it was a wasted opportunity if you are the Redskins and Dallas to uh, take advantage of it. You're talking about a team that was uh, embarrassed at home on Thanksgiving by Phillip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers, and they wanted to uh, a little get back. And uh, how, how great does it feel to get a little get, get back against uh, your division opponent? So a great win for the Dallas Cowboys, but they, they still are far from uh, where they need to be. Nick, when you look at the Washington Redskins with their quarterback and Kirk Cousins, I know there's been conversations about maybe he'll go somewhere and, and, and maybe get even a bigger deal or the kind of money that puts him in the elite category. With how he played last night and what he has left, do you see that actually happening? Because uh, it's not looking too good as of lately. Well, Cordell, no, no, I, no, I don't. And when you look at Kirk Cousins' uh, track record, you can just say he's kind of been a benefit- He was a benefactor of uh, being in some great situations, especially with RG3, uh, being with the Washington Redskins and not having uh, an adequate guy at the number two spot. And so we've watched his salary continue to escalate year by year. And, and by his salary escalating, he's actually helped a couple of other quarterbacks. Uh, Matthew Stafford was one of those quarterbacks who benefited, saying, hey, listen, if the Redskins are going to give Kirk Cousins this amount of money, and I know, and everyone around football knows that I am a better quarterback and team leader than Kirk Cousins, then, you know, I deserve and demand more money than Kirk Cousins. But uh, once again, and you've been in this, this situation as a quarterback that's played in the NFL as well. These are the primetime moments. It's not about the beginning of the season. It's when you're fighting for your playoff lives and primetime football. That's when you have to show up. And if you look at the track record for Kirk Cousins, he has not performed up to that level. Uh, there was an opportunity for him to beat the New York Giants, I believe, maybe about two years ago, to Last kind of solidify a playoff position. He wasn't able to do it. Now he had another time, Thursday night football. I know we can say it's a short week, but a short week bodes well for you if you're Kirk Cousin because the Dallas Cowboys game plan isn't going to change that much, and he wasn't able to take advantage of it. So for me, after seeing Kirk Cousins up to this point, if I'm any other team out there, I'm not going to sacrifice a substantial amount of money to spend on Kirk Cousins when you can use to 
add depth at other key positions. But other teams will do it, and you and B-Web know this. Uh, you know, everyone talks about having an elite quarterback. So that means people who start to get desperate. They start to reach. We've seen it happen in a draft. We've seen people and teams do it as far as signing a quarterback, thinking that quarterback is going to get them over the hump. The only team that I believe that's out there that could be in uh, a mood for a quarterback, well, excuse me, there's two teams. Denver Broncos, who are definitely desperate because their quarterback position is totally disarray, and the Cleveland Browns. Right, so so now those are the two teams that might be, you know, in the move of trying to sign Kirk Cousins come this offseason. Don't overlook Buffalo. Don't overlook the New York Giants. Don't overlook the New York Jets. I think he's going to have a few more options to just amplify the example you were pointing out. Cousins, that was last year. Remember, we were doing first and goal together. Regular season finale. Giants had nothing to play for. Their seeding was locked in. Cousins, two bad interceptions. Washington did not go to the postseason. Taking you around the league with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. So, Nick, I have all the playoff scenarios in front of me. By virtue of their win going to 6-6, six and six, Dallas has a decent, small chance of being a wild card, but they're not dead. But considering they probably have to win out and they need a lot of assistance, how much are you buying Dallas as a real playoff contender? I really don't, because when you look at uh, the remaining of their schedule, they have the Giants coming up next, who are 2-9. and nine. You have Oakland 5-6, and six, Seattle 7-4, and four, and Philadelphia. You know, of those four games, you have the last three teams are fighting to get in the playoffs. Well, two or two of those teams fighting to get the playoffs and seedings. But Philadelphia, that last game of the season, you know, for Philadelphia, they at that point they would have clinched and they would have nothing to play for. Now we're talking about Nick Foles being in a game. That might be an opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys to steal a game. But knowing that Seattle and Oakland are still right there on the cusp, and they want to make sure that they went out. This could be very difficult, even though we know that Ezekiel Elliott is scheduled to come back that week of the Oakland game. It may be a tad bit too late, and it may be if Ezekiel Elliott has a chance to really think about this situation. Had he taken the six-game suspension at the early part of the season, maybe he would have been there to bail out his other part of the dynamic duo, but it's not going to be enough to get Dallas in, gentlemen. It's not going to be enough. Nick, there's a few games around the National Football League that that's, I think going to be deserving uh, to be paid attention to. One I want to talk about here in Atlanta. Uh, that's the Minnesota Vikings and, and the Atlanta Falcons. Minnesota comes on the road and get a win against this Atlanta team that's really hot right now. We've seen what's happening on the defensive side of football as far as attacking it uh, to the offensive side. We finally got Julio Jones to get over 200-plus yards catching the football. And then you're coming in town with Case Keenum. They get that win what does that mean for the Minnesota Vikings with Case Keenum as their starting quarterback? Well, to me, I think it says a lot about uh, Case Keenum. Uh, the fact that Coach Zimmer really believes in uh, Case Keenum and the fact that you know, looking at Case Keenum's past, and that's just that, it's, it's in the past. You look at the caliber of work that he's doing every Sunday and to go and play a team like Matt Ryan, a team that's fresh off of a Super Bowl appearance. When you look at your schedule – you always look at those marquee wins, you know, and this kind of this is one of those wins that they can use to kind of propel them forward in the playoffs. Considering the fact that the Minnesota Vikings are sitting, you know, where, where they're sitting at nine and two, so this would be a great win for them moving forward and just kind of solidify everything Coach Zimmer has been working towards with this team to this point. Yes, you you have adversity; things definitely happen, but it's what you do with the moment. 
right? You have to be able to seize the moment. This would be a great opportunity for Case to actually make a case for himself as being mentioned in the likes of some of the top quarterbacks in the league, knowing as though he really wasn't drafted out of Houston, especially putting up the numbers that he actually put up. So to be able to do it against Matt Ryan, that would be great for his confidence, and it would be a boost of confidence for the team moving forward and moving into the playoffs. Nick, got three minutes left, so I'm looking for a brief answer. You can handle it. If I give you Doug Peterson as the head coach of the Eagles or Sean McVay, head coach of the Rams, who's getting your vote for coach of the year? I'm going to go with Doug Peterson. You look at the fact that you're doing it with Carson Wentz in his second year, and yeah, there's several coaches on the coaching staff that are former quarterbacks, but for Carson Wentz to be playing the way that he's playing and he has the Eagles on a nine-game win streak, that's phenomenal. And then still, you're still talking about the defensive side of the ball. This was a defense that in their division last year did not excel, wasn't playing you know, well collectively, but now they've just totally turned everything around. So Doug Peterson definitely should be one of the guys, if he doesn't win, should be mentioned and be a nominee in the coach of the year for the NFL. Finally, Nick, if you noticed I had a physical malady like I'm pigeon-toed, would you ever bring it up on the air? Do you think that's appropriate as show fodder? Well, it all depends on what the subject matter. If we're talking there about we how players job, walk Nick. or how maybe some guys run, like they've played against running backs who've been pigeon-toed, but that's allowed them to Nick, be able to cut on something. a dime maybe quicker than I can actually get to them. So if that's the topic of conversation, then it might come up. So I, I guess Nick, that means that Cordell listen. somehow brought up something about either pigeon-toed or something. That's what I'm guessing. Nick, listen. Nick, so we're having a conversation. About Case Keenum. You know how much he hates Case Keenum. I do not hate anyone or anything. So he got really brave. He got really brave and thought it was very charismatic to come up and say, I'm more athletic than Case Keenum. I'm like, have you? I've seen that walk before. He said, yeah, I'm pigeon-toed. And when he said he was pigeon-toed, I said, oh, you really have a problem. Look at the back of your shoes. I said, I'm pigeon-toed as well. So I know how his shoes wear out. So now he's trying to make it seem like I'm talking about him being pigeon-toed. Nick, I'm pigeon-toed and knock-kneaded. Hey, Nick, it's bullying, and that's fine. You're a better person than other people on this show. That's all I'm going to point out, all right? (laughs) Hey, Nick, he needs a friend right now because he's not a better athlete than Case Keenum. That's all it is. Hey, listen, I I know I'm short on time, but when I was growing up, being pigeon-toed was what everyone wanted. To hey. Because if you're playing basketball, that meant that you can really cross someone Thank up. Thank you, Nick. Really, really like well. Michael so, Jordan. Like Michael know. Jordan. I'm right? OG. <laughs> like Tim Hardaway Sr. Thank you, Nick. You're the best. I'll see you on Sunday. See you on there Sunday. he goes, Nick Ferguson. Nick has to be thinking how to. Like- You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.